Brahma's wife and the mongoose. Third part. At the end of the third watch of the night, Bodhavayapaka, the third minister of King Alakisa, went to see whether the royal bedchamber was properly guarded, and the king, summoning him to his presence, told him of the first minister's crime, upon which Bodhavayapaka, after making due obeisance, thus spake. Most noble king, such a grave crime should be severely punished, but it behoves us not to act before having ascertained that he is guilty beyond doubt, for evil are the consequences of precipitation, in proof of which I know a story which I will relate, with your majesty's leave. Story of the Burma's Wife and the Mongoose on the banks of the Ganges, which also flows by the most holy city of Banaras, there is a town named Midila, where dwelt a very poor Brahma called Vidyadhara. He had no children, and to compensate for this want, he and his wife tenderly nourished in their house a mongoose, a species of weasel. It was their all in all, their younger son, their elder daughter, their elder son, their younger daughter, so fondly did they regard that little creature. The god Visvasvara and his spouse Visalakshi observed this, and had pity for the unhappy pair, so by their divine power they blessed them with a son. This most welcome addition to their family did not alienate the affections of the Burma and his wife from the mongoose. On the contrary, their attachment increased, for they believed that it was because of their having adopted the pet that a son had been born to them. So the child and the mongoose were brought up together, as twin brothers, in the same cradle. It happened one day when the Burma had gone out to beg alms of the pious and charitable that his wife went into the garden to cull some pot herbs, leaving the child asleep in his cradle, and by his side the mongoose kept guard. An old serpent, which was living in the well in the garden, crept into the house and under the cradle, and was beginning to climb into it to bite the child when the mongoose fiercely attacked it and tore it into several pieces, thus saving the life of the Burma's little son, and the venomous snake, that came to slay, itself lay dead beneath the cradle. Pleased at having performed such an exploit, the mongoose ran into the garden to show the Burma's wife its blood-smeared mouth, but she rashly mistook the deliverer of her child for his destroyer, and with one stroke of the knife in her hand with which she was cutting herbs she killed the faithful creature, and then hastened into the house to see her dead son. But there she found the child in his cradle alive and well, only crying at the absence of his little companion, the mongoose, and under the cradle lay the great serpent cut to pieces. The real state of affairs was now evident, and the Burma presently returning home, his wife told him of her rash act and then put an end to her life. The Burma, in his turn, disconsolate at the death of the mongoose and his wife, first slew his child and then killed himself. And thus, added the third minister, by one rash act four creatures perished, so true is it that precipitation results in a series of calamities. Do not, then, condemn Bodhidhya before his guilt is clearly proved. Alakisa, having given Bodhikandra the signal to retire, he quitted the presence and went home. 
When the watch of the fourth minister, Bodhavapishana, was terminated, he visited the private apartments of the king, who had been meanwhile pondering over the stories he had heard, and was called into the sleeping chamber by Alakisa and informed of his colleague's unpardonable offense. The minister, after due prostration, thus addressed his royal master. Great king, I can scarcely bring myself to believe that Bodhidhidhya could ever be guilty of such a crime, and I would respectfully remind your majesty that it would not be consistent with your worldwide reputation for wisdom and justice were you to pronounce judgment in this case without having inquired into all the circumstances. Evil and injustice result from hasty decisions and actions, of which a striking illustration is furnished in the story of the faithless wife and the ungrateful blind man. Next, 6. The Faithless Wife and the Ungrateful Blind Man Page 2 of 2 In the town of Mithila there lived a young Brahma who, having had a quarrel with his father-in-law, set out on a pilgrimage to Banaras. Going through a forest he met a blind man, whose wife was leading him by means of a stick, one end of which she held in her hand, and her husband holding the other end was following her. She was young and fair of face, and the pilgrim made signs to her that she should go with him and leave her blind husband behind. The proposal thus signified pleased this wanton woman, so she bade her husband sit under a tree for a few minutes while she went and plucked him a ripe mango. The blind man sat down accordingly, and his wife went away with the Burma. After waiting a long time in expectation of his wife's return, and no person coming near him, for it was an unfrequented place, her infidelity became painfully apparent to him, and he bitterly cursed both her and the villain who had enticed her away from him. For six days he remained at the foot of the tree, in woeful condition, without a morsel of rice or a drop of water, and he was well nigh dead, when at length he heard the sound of footsteps near him, and cried faintly for help. A man of the city cast and his wife came up to him, and inquired how he happened to be in such a plight. The blind man told them how his wife had deserted him and gone away with a young Brahma whom they had met, leaving him there alone and helpless. His story excited the compassion of the Seti and his wife. They gave him to eat of the small quantity of rice they had with them, and, having supplied him with water to quench his thirst, the Seti bade his wife lead him with his stick. The woman, though somewhat reluctant to walk thus in company with a man who was not her husband, yet, reflecting that charitable actions ought never to be left undone, complied with her lord's request and began to lead the blind man. After traveling in this manner for a day, the three reached a town and took up their abode for the night in the house of a friend of the city, where the latter and his wife gave the blind man a share of their rice before tasting a morsel themselves. At daybreak the next morning they advised him to try to provide for himself in some way in that town and prepared to resume their journey. But the blind man, forgetting all the kindness they had shown him, began to raise an alarm, crying out, Is there no king in this city to protect me and give me my rights? Here is a silly rascal taking away my wife with him. As I am blind, she denies that I am her husband and follows that rogue. But will not the king give me justice? 
The people in the street at once reported these words to the king, who caused inquiry to be made into the matter. The fact of the Seti's wife having led the blind man seemed to indicate that the latter, and not the Seti, was the woman's husband, and foolishly concluded that both the Seti and his wife were the real criminals. Accordingly, he sentenced the Seti to the gallows, because he attempted to entice away a married woman and his wife to be burned in the kiln, as she wished to forsake her husband, and he a blind man. When these sentences were pronounced, the blind man was thunderstruck. The thought that by a deliberate lie he had caused the death of two innocent persons now stung him to the heart. By this lie he expected that the seti only should be punished, and that his wife would be made over to him as his own wife, but now he found she also was condemned to death. Vile wretch that I am, said he, I do not know what sins I committed in my former life to be thus blind now. My real wife, too, deserted me, and I, heaping sins upon sins, have now by a false report sent to death an innocent man and his wife, who rescued me from a horrible fate intended to all my wants last night. Oh, Mahasvara, what punishment you have in reserve for me I know not. This soliloquy, being overheard by some bystanders, was communicated to the king, who, bitterly reproaching himself for having acted so rashly, at once released the good Seti and his wife, and caused the ungrateful blind man to be burned in the kiln. Thus, you see, my lord, added the fourth minister, how nearly that king had plunged himself into a gulf of crime by his rashness. Therefore, my most noble king, I would respectfully and humbly request you to consider well the case of Bodhidhidhya and punish him severely if he be found really guilty. Having thus spoken, the fourth minister obtained leave to depart.